everybody boys and girls men and women and pups and kittens it is no bs with brian and susan episode 27 i'm brian kluger and we are the no bs podcast on itunes spotify amazon we have our own channel now all the episodes are on there susan how you feeling on this monday morning I'm excited. It's taking a, I'm, I'm getting there to waking up. I'm about to. This is going to be my uh, wake up call right here. But I am super stoked. Uh, uh, yeah, we have a Twitter now. How cool! <laughs> we do have Twitter. What's our Twitter handle? Isn't it at NoBS? Uh, I'm going to double check it now. <laughs> <laughs> at NoBS Podcast. Ah, uh, there we go. NoBS Podcast. Heck yeah, we need the followers, we need the we need the friendships, we need the collaborations. We're going to be posting all of our No BS podcast episodes here, all of our promo videos, our infamous promo videos, and maybe some giveaways in the future. We we got some stuff to give away. We we want to see you. We want to we want to we want to want to do all the things, I guess. Right? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. We're excited. Yeah, and you can check out all of our previous episodes on No BS Podcast, iTunes, rate us, review us. Even our last episode, the the 420 episode, where the drugs took effect, man. On Brian. Yeah. <laughs> Brian, for sure. <laughs> on me, on me, yes, just me. I think maybe there was some Zoom effect for Susan, but, you know... She didn't exhale, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) It's good. It's good. It's good to be back. It's been it's it's been a a month, month and a half or so. Uh, We've been setting up our respective podcasts that were all on the one channel into separate uh, into separate ones. So everything has their own channel now. My bloody podcast too legitimate. Fear and Loathing in Cinema, The Celebrity Hour, and of course, this one, No BS with Brian and Susan. We're back. We're live. We're we're weekly. We're bi-weekly. We're going to be doing some good episodes, mini episodes, special edition episodes. This is episode 27 of the show. We're going to be talking about uh, our blind watch, which, holy God, <laughs> it's going to be so much fun to talk about. But this uh, this episode is... First impressions. It's our main event uh, because we're going to be talking about the new Bachelorette season. And uh, yeah, I'm very excited to start this with you, Susan. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> should, we, should we get right into the Bachelorette talk? Yes, let's get right into the Bachelorette. Uh, as you know, on the show, uh, we kind of start out with a uh, little reality TV news, specifically more than likely the Bachelor Bachelorette. So this new Bachelorette season, if you caught us the last few episodes, it was Matt James's season, and it seemed pretty clear that Susan and I really liked this one contestant named Katie. We even reached out to her to come on the show, but. <laughs> Of course, this didn't happen because she became 
the new bachelorette. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think Brian really liked her. <laughs> that, that was the girl that I think you would have picked of, of the whole season of Matt's Girls. Yeah, for sure. I did. I, I Yes, I enjoyed. <laughs> so I was really excited when she got the bachelorette. Yeah, yeah. Well, I was excited because I was like, yeah, now Brian's going to be even more stoked to talk about uh, this season. Um, but yeah, Katie Thurston, she is our new Bachelorette. And she had her first episode uh, last Monday. So new episode tonight. Very excited. But curious, Brian, just, you know, based on the first episode, what are your thoughts of her as a Bachelorette? I mean, the, the first episode is like this theme for this podcast episode first impressions i mean we got to see her in the last season here and there but the focus wasn't her so the focus is her now and as first impressions more likely than not nine and a half times out of ten you're going to get the best of the best of the best of somebody or something for a first impression so i liked her in the first in the, in the last season with matt james and I really like her in this one. Uh, she's happy. She's chipper. She's happy-go-lucky. She's funny. Uh, she's beautiful. And I think she's going to be a lot of fun, maybe a little different than a lot of other contestants, which I have nothing to compare to. So yeah. um, really other than uh, Tasha. So it's... And Claire. Oh, and Claire. Well, we that the she who shall not be named. Uh, um, so it's so far. I, I mean, I liked it. I, you know, as I've seen in only the last two seasons that I've ever watched of this show, there's a definite formula, and just like they show in the trailers or whatnot. There's going to be drama, of course, because that's what you need to run a television show. There's going to be anger. There's going to be weirdness. And then there's going to be fun. So they show all of that. But this first episode, it was fun. It was It's chipper. It was funny. Everybody seemed to be having a good time except for a couple people. And there you go. Yeah, I, well, as someone who's watched almost all the Bachelorette seasons, um, she really does stand out. She has a lot of, she reminds me a little bit of Caitlin Bristow, who's one of the mentors this season in a not, not quite as crude, even though she is sex positive. Um, Caitlin's a little bit more. Um, Can you explain sex positive to me? Cause I, well, I'll, I'll tell, well, first of all, I'll tell you what I think it means. Okay. Does that mean if you're not sex positive, you don't like to talk about sex. You think sex is maybe icky but only with your partner or sex positive means that you're open about it you like it you like to joke about it you like to talk about it and you're into it i think it's more that i think it's okay. saying like there's no shame in talking about it in a very open manner which is you know because katie last season walked in with a vibrator and that was very shocking. And I think she's lucky she's doing this now because Caitlin Bristow, when she was Bachelorette, she was actually probably the first very sex positive, very open. Um, when in her season, when she was on uh, Chris's, it was uh, this farmer Chris guy that she showed up on and her, he was, he's a farmer. So she was like, 
you can plow me anytime is what she told him. That was her <laughs> like walk up entrance, something about you can pl- plow me anytime or something like that. And that was kind of her thing all throughout the season. She was just obviously a very sexual person, but she wasn't ashamed of it. And, um, but when she was bachelorette, she had sex before fantasy suites and she got crucified very much. So, so I think we're in different times now where if Katie ends up doing that, I don't think she would get the backlash that Caitlin Bristow had gotten. Um, so she's kind of, yeah, it's, it's kind of sending that new way, like, Hey, all right. If you, it's, it's okay to be a sexual person, like sex, talk about sex, however you want to talk about it. I, I don't know how much, how crude she's going to be. I don't think of her as crude. I just think she's been more, she, besides the vibrator, she didn't really talk about sex in Matt James's season, at least that we know of, because it was all focused on drama anyways. But that aside, I, I think that so far she is doing a good job as her. I mean, I think there are some She's not the most, she, this isn't a bad thing. She's not an actress. She does not know whenever she's told to look into the window or pretend like she's writing in her notebook, it's very obvious that she's faking it. And that is not natural at all. Or when she's doing her makeup, um, it's, it's very staged, but that's okay because I think she's just a really genuine person. And um, she does seem fun. And I like so far that we've seen, she seems like she genuinely, and this might be the first that I've seen a bachelor do this. She's not going after the typical hot guys. She likes, she is really interested in goofy, fun people so far. We'll see what she picks, but she seems like she's caring more about their personality. That's good. That's good. Mm -hmm. That's good. That's good. So yeah, I, I, I think the same thing. I'm, I'm in, I enjoyed the first episode, first impressions. It's so good so far with, as far as uh, Katie is concerned. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, as we know, uh, Tasha and Caitlin are now her mentors. So because, well, I guess we just found out last week, Chris Harrison is officially gone for good. Now, Brian, I know you've only really watched two seasons of The Bachelor. So I, I don't know how much it means to you, but from those few years that you saw Chris Harrison, like, how do you feel about him being gone? I mean, to me, it's just, he's gone. You know, he's done it for 20 years. They're bringing in two other people. Um, and so I guess putting myself in like, a super fan shoes who's been with Chris Harrison for 20 years. There's, do you want to see somebody giving advice and being like the house mom, the house dad, uh, to somebody who's been there 20 years and have an outsider's look, or do you want somebody who's actually been in the actual game before giving advice? And I get the diversity thing. I get all that. And I like, that's the way they're going. Um, It's, and judging by this first episode, Tasia and Caitlin, there's nothing happened with them. I mean, you saw them sneak up on Katie uh, as she was meeting her guests and say like, oh, hey girl, hey girl, you know, let's go talk a second. And they only showed like 30 seconds of it. And then you see Tasha and Caitlin standing in a window like, oh, he's hot. Oh, she likes him. And then the next thing you see is like, this is the last rose. 
And so there's really hasn't been anything to go by and seeing if Tasha or Caitlin are actually good for this role. I would imagine they will be. Um, with Chris Harrison, I just always thought the last two seasons that I've seen him in, he's just almost kind of like, I don't know if he's phoning it in, but he's just kind of like very monotone, very Bueller. He's there and he's like, yeah, you need to decide this. You need to do this. I don't know what we see, what we don't see, but that's what's kind of been presented to me in these last two seasons. So I'm all in for Tasha and Caitlin tag teaming this because I think there might be, or hopefully there might be some differing opinions with them to Katie. Uh, to make for better TV or at least get to two other opinions other than just Chris's. So I don't know. So I'm curious on you, the opposite of this, somebody who's been in, who's been in a relationship for 20 years with the bachelor and Chris Harrison, <laughs> what do you think? I know I've seen it since I remember watching the very first season of the bachelor with Chris Harrison. And I actually just a couple of years ago, rewatched it. And it's so crazy how young Chris Harrison was. He actually looks better now, which is crazy. Um, well, I think as far as Chris goes, I think the whole thing was, a, I, I, I don't think he should have gone out the way that he did. Um, I know I texted with you about this, but even Rachel Lindsay had said, you know, they're cool now. She didn't think that he needed to be like, let go. And that it probably shows more of somebody like, you know, he apologized. He's trying to make those steps. And then like to bring him back would have shown like there is forgiveness there. People can grow. And so that, that would have been nice. I mean, I do think Chris was already like one foot out the door because there was talks of his retirement coming up and talks of his replacement. So I don't think he was too far from leaving the show, but I wish he had a more for being with the show for 20 plus years. He deserved an exit that was like a proper, you know, after the final rose, like I'm, you know, a farewell speech people clapping for him, he leaves, and then he introduces his successor, that kind of thing. I, I would have liked to see that, even if even if that was literally, he did Michelle's season and then left, like even if it was that, uh, just to give, I think he deserved more. That being said, he isn't going home empty handed. He's getting a very fat paycheck to shut his mouth because the show threw him under the bus the minute that this happened they didn't want to take any accountability for their actions. Instead, they went ahead and said, yeah, 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 it's all Chris Harrison's fault. Let's use him as our scapegoat. Right, and so, and that's what happened. And he yeah, got eight, a, eight figures, so that's between 10 and $99 million. But it, exactly, but he got thrown under the bus. Like he, no, like he did. It's not, Chris Harrison is not making the casting decisions or choosing what's edited and what goes on air. He's just like, hey, I work here. <laughs> he works there. He's the host. As someone who's been a host, you don't, unless it's your show, he's not. I mean, he was, he became executive producer as there's many, you know, because he made money and he can get a profit off the show, but he's not the one, you know, he's not pulling the strings, you know, he's, he's, so yeah, he got thrown on the bus big time. So I, I'm happy that he at least got a paycheck and he's going to, yeah, but he, he's got a gag on him now. He can't because he was like, he threatened to, he got a lawyer. He got the best lawyer 
And he's like, I'm going to reveal all your secrets because I know a lot. <laughs> and they're like, nope, here, here's some hush money. And um, anyway, so yeah, I wish there was a better goodbye because he was there. From what I saw, Brian, there was a lot of seasons where he actually did give really good advice and he was so much more he he had been kind of fading a little bit these last couple seasons but these contestants really connected with chris and um so yeah it, it was a it's fine but um i think Tasha and caitlin are fine right now um i didn't like the window thing I thought that was a little too much as far as them giggling and being like, oh, like it almost looked like that was shot after the fact. Like, because to me, it's like they could pretend it's almost like they could hear what was being said. And I don't know, like that was a little much. Um, I think as the season goes, they'll probably do a better job. But it almost seems like they're going to switch out past contestants as the mentors. So, right, right. I'm curious on if that's what they're going to do yeah um so like you have a job you have your job on the season and then if you win or whatever you're gonna get your own show and then the next season you'll be hosting that seems like a lot but Uh, yeah i don't i don't know i mean i I saw that nick vial is gonna show up one episode this season and i wouldn't be surprised if they bring like jojo back or I don't know. I know they had, um, there's talks of Wells, Adams, maybe Ben Higgins, who knows, but I, I kind of miss like a, a solid, like host. I, I, I do kind of miss that, but I mean, it's early first impressions can be wrong. Maybe as the season continues, I will love Tasha and Caitlin as these mentor roles. Right, right, right. I, that's yeah. First impression. It was happy and chipper. <laughs> yeah, it was happy. It was a little much. It was a little much at times. Um, but I'm not. I'm not. I don't hate it yet. I don't hate it. Well, that's good. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah. So she had a. I thought she had a lot of great guys. Um, I mean, as far as who she gave her first impression rose to, were you happy with him? And who would you have given your first impression, Rose, to? All right. So I'm looking right now. Uh, she Did she give it to Greg? Yes, she gave it to Greg okay. because he was, like, shy and awkward. And yeah, she, she he, he needed was, the reassurance. Correct, correct, correct. So that's fine. I, I was fine with that. Maybe he's shy and awkward. He was. He put his heart on his sleeve. Fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought... Uh, who did I like in here? I guess I liked most everybody. I actually thought uh, is God. Is it Connor B was the yeah. one was the cat? Yes. Okay. So Connor B dressed up like a cat because Katie likes cats and she like really into it. Um, that made a first impression on her. Um, I am curious. I mean, I guess he stood out. Um, also, the James, the um, <laughs> the guy that was in a, a gift box, stood out. Oh, yeah. Uh, just, just because he he got out and he was just like very strapping and you know looked good for being in a wooden box for like an hour or more. Uh, I mean, all of them, I guess. And what they didn't show, which was really weird to me, which maybe they're saving for the next one, is uh, perhaps between Cody and 
uh, who else? Who was the guy that, that we saw like, argued? That he just, we like, it's almost like we missed part of the conversation. He was just like, I don't like you. Yeah. Yeah. I don't remember who that guy, because I was like, that was stupid. I was, was like, it Aaron? Might've been Aaron. Aaron and Cody. Yeah. They, something they were saying, like, I just, I just don't like you. Like, yeah. I just don't like you. And he's like, why? Yeah. So he walked off. So, they didn't show what happened before that, but mm-hmm. I wonder if that will be a thing. But everybody else, you know, I'm always with like 30 people, 25 people to start off with. Just everybody runs together because you're only getting like two or three minutes. So you just kind of got um, to put, I'm sorry, I lost my words. Um, you, you kind of got to just take it as it comes with being two or three minutes. So they all run together. The one funniest part that I thought was definitely the guy who rolled up in his house on wheels, his Winnebago. Oh God. And thought that Katie would like that. And I, he, for their like little, like five or 10 minutes together, he brought her on his Winnebago, which was just, it looked like the Breaking Bad Winnebago and it looked like that inside Sands uh, chemistry lab and he didn't clean it up. It was gross. And just the camera shots on her, she was, go oh, man, she was so uncomfortable and so weirded out by it. And I thought that was hilarious. So I wonder if the producers told him like, yeah, you got to bring her on there. Or if that was his idea, I don't know, but it, Whatever it was, that was definitely not the way to go. I'll, I'll tell you what a producer didn't tell him to do. They didn't tell him to eat that celery. They did not <laughs> tell him to start crunching on that celery while she's talking or you're talking because that was that had to be all him. The, the, the thought that you would pick that crunchy thing up that is just like, I don't know. It's just not an attractive food. Qual- you know, if you're going to eat anything the first night of The Bachelor or Bachelorette, golden rule, desserts that's what it is. You're either feeding each other chocolate or ice cream or something sexy. Dessert is sexier. I think that's all there is to it. When you bring in, like when he was crunching that celery, I was just like, oh dude, you just sealed your fate (laughs) right there. (laughs) Well, she talked about that too. Like he's eating celery while I'm talking to him. And I'm just like, yeah, how did this dude get picked? You know, I guess they need somebody to immediately go home. I mean, uh, they pick these uh, joke. Well, I'll tell you, they probably didn't think that. I, I don't know who told Connor to dress up like a cat, or if he did, or what. But they probably thought that was his. That was his shot in the like foot right there because it was so funny. I saw his. So he was my first impression from the the videos entrance because he was like the eighth grade teacher and he was like with the little guitar or something like that i was like oh he seems sweet comes out in that cat costume and i was like oh no oh what happened and i thought that was it because telling you brian people dress up like animals they don't last long and then (laughs) they have like the best one-on-one time they're kissing they've got their noses on each other she's like into it I've never seen that. And I like right now he's my number one, obviously, again, this is just based on first episode. I was shocked. He didn't get the first impression Rose, but she's explained on other podcasts that Connor just didn't need that reassurance. She wanted to give it to someone who needed it. And I mean, she seems to really like Greg too. So 
Right, right, right. I think those would be the two that I'm at right now because they're the most memorable uh, for me right now. As time I, goes on, I might no, change sorry. my mind. I said as time goes on, I might change my mind. But right. Greg so far and Connor B, that's where I'm leaning towards right now. But yeah. that's how I, yeah. The only other person that stood out, I like Trey, the guy with the ball pit in his back of his truck. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought that was a little, I was a little worried, but I forgot what he said, but what he said wasn't bad. And I, as, as if I was bachelorette and someone did that and we like had fun in the ball pit like that, that could be a really nice icebreaker. The only thing is there was more friend vibe than there was necessarily romantic vibe. So that could be a harm, but you know, who knows, who knows what's going to happen in the future, but she does seem like she's a great group of guys. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I, it seems that so far, uh, mm-hmm. I would say that nobody's giving off a bad impression other than Aaron right now. Right. Right. He's so it, at least I think it's Aaron. Um, I think you're I'm, right. I looked up the picture and I, I think it was him. So yeah, so far the guy that stands out are definitely, uh, first impression, Greg Connor B. Mm-hmm. Um, and, <laughs> the guy who went home that brought his breaking bad winnebago <laughs> yeah, you're right about the guy in the box though everybody i've asked about who they like everyone keeps bringing up that guy in the box and i'm like i don't even know his name i remember he looked okay but like nothing stood out to me about his conversation with her so i but maybe i'm wrong maybe he no it was just the box thing it was just the box yeah. yeah yeah so there you go and then i guess what they show in the trailer is that somebody's coming back from last season from uh Claire's season or Tasha's yes. season. Yeah, Blake Moines, I believe was his last name. He was the guy that actually when he was in Claire's season, I thought he was like a really strong number 2. Uh and then Tasha's he was like in her top 6. But oh yeah. Apparently there's rumors that maybe Blake is a strong contender interesting 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 so yeah be interesting to see all the people i i just i it's so interesting for these guys they show like them really coming down hard on the people that come in later like a few weeks later and not be nice i just like i would be like oh hey another guy cool let's do it i I mean i'm not gonna no, I, I, I would absolutely be cool with it. I don't know why everybody would be upset. You know, you just have to worry about you, really. Um, you're you're a better per- person than most, Brian. I I would never be mean. I will say that. Like, I would never be a mean girl. I would not be, like, rude to the person. I'd probably be extra nice. But I would be, like, bothered for some reason. Because if that person gets to stick around you automatically think, wow, then is there something, are the people who've been here, are you not seeing something with them strong enough that you're, you're needing somebody new to come into the picture? Like, yeah, it'd make make me feel insecure. Like I'm already thinking it's like, okay, I've got these 29 other people. Now you, you trim it down. Say you, I don't know when Blake comes in, even if he comes in, if it's next week, I wouldn't be bothered. If it's one week later, I wouldn't be bothered. But if it's like, two or three i'd be like what don't you see in us that you need this person in here 
I think that's just producers adding drama and yeah, adding something is. like that. And then it's good because if you do that, Katie can see how different people react to these changes and something mm -hmm. like that. So I think it's a good thing, but also yeah. it brings up, you know, I mean, to answer your question, I mean, yeah, it would suck. Like if there's like 10 people and then all of a sudden a few weeks in 10 other people show up, you're just like, Oh damn it. Now I have 10 extra more people to go against. But yeah, again, I was like, okay, cool. Let's, let's do it. I know I'm confident in how I, you know, I it wouldn't change what I'm doing. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, it, it is a good test to see how people can handle like tough situations though. Cause you're right. Like, like I said, I would never be rude or cause a ruckus. I would maybe, you know, ask that hard question to like the person, like the bachelor, the bachelorette, you know, like ask them like, what, why did you like, what was it about them that they got to stick around, even though you're this far in the process, just for my knowledge. Um, but I would be like, I mean, I respect, your choice and you know it's it's about you and me so i'm not going to throw a fuss over it but right well there you go yeah. first episode of the bachelorette second episode coming on this week we'll mm -hmm. see who else goes home yeah um if anybody does i'm sure they will yeah. but katie this is awesome this is good stuff susan and myself I believe we are fans of KD. Yeah, yeah, I, li I like her so far. I really do. Sweet deal. Let's move on to our main topic before we get onto our blind watch. Main topic, first impressions. Since The Bachelorette started, first impression rose, first impressions. Susan, take it away. Yeah, all right. Well, the, my first question is, what was your our first impressions of each other if you remember if you remember you can you can start ryan was your first impression of me my well i'm actually trying to remember actually talking with you and first meeting you you remember when you first met me no i, I mean i would imagine it was talking outside in the lobby of the angelica is what i feel like I remember maybe not well remind me the first time we met was at Gwen's birthday party um and not even at the not even at Yorg's it was um we were I don't it's like you I don't think you came to Yorg's that time you met up at the bar that was like a few like streets down or something like we all walked over to this bar and a couple of like the Conways were there, Mark Walters, I remember them and Gwen came or Gwen was there and obviously, and then she like introduced me and I had no, I had been doing this already for like at least two years and I, for, I had never like met you or seen you or, and uh, she was like, yeah, this is Brian. And I was like, oh, hi. <laughs> I didn't know like how involved, like I was like, oh. And then I saw you again at, it was Carrie, the screening for Carrie. And you, um, that's when you're like, hey, hey again. And then you were just like really friendly. And we sat and watched that movie together. And then it, it, was, it was, we were friends. Okay, so that was the first time. So, okay, so maybe my first impression, I'm trying to remember the first impression, I guess. I guess maybe my first impression of you might have been 
sweet person who only wants to like who only likes you know romantic comedies and not into anything else but boy was i wrong (laughs) (laughs) i'm trying to remember but i remember you always being sweet that i think there was just like an instant connection uh type of thing um but i don't know i I'm really trying, I f- it's weird because I don't know if I really have a first impression of you. I just feel like we've known each other for 30 years. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just wonder what it feels like. Yeah. Well, you don't remember the first time we met, so. No, I guess so. Well, I remember that night and I guess that was the night we met because I remember that night and it was like a, kind of like a swankier bar, wasn't it? Yeah. I don't really, honestly, I can't remember the bar. I remember we got like, we had like a bigger table. Yeah, that was the t- that was the night we found out Gwen had a crush on Adam for years and Adam did nothing. Uh, uh, Do you don't remember re- that? I don't remember it being then. I don't remember it being then because Adam was there. I don't yeah, we talked about it. <laughs> I don't remember, see, I don't remember that one. I, I, re- I remember her telling me about that and I don't remember it being then. Um, no, I just, uh, yeah, yeah. I think the biggest thing I remember about you is how welcoming you were. Okay. Yeah. You're very, very like open arms, like very friendly and welcoming. Am I still that way? Yeah. Yeah, you are. You are. <laughs> Even though you'll, it's funny. Cause you'll be like, oh, I don't like that person at all. And then you'll just be like, Hey man, what is up? Like, yeah, I was like, all right, hope hope that's done. <laughs> are done talking with me. Uh, no, no, I I get it. I get it. Gotta just, just gotta be civil, I guess, in public. Yeah. yeah. Right. So that was your first impression. Okay, you're like, okay, this crazy guy. <laughs> no, I didn't think you were crazy. I thought you were very friendly and welcoming. That was my first impression. Sweet. Well, I thought the same. I thought you were very outgoing and very uh, personable and very easy to talk with. Oh, well, thank you. That's nice. Outgoing. That's funny. I always feel like I come off shy and awkward. What? Yeah. I don't think that at all. Oh, well, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Interesting. Yeah. Well, that's nice to know that that's, I guess that's how I feel on the inside, but nice to know on the outside at least. Um, Yeah. Well, okay. So moving on to like uh movie and film kind of uh or sorry movie and television first impressions uh i was wondering do you have a a worst first impression of a film that like it started out like oh god this was a this is not gonna be good but then by the end of it you're like wait i was wrong so yes i do have a movie like that and actually it's 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 not by the end so this movie I really fucking hated. I didn't yeah. like it. I didn't think it was funny. I thought it was awful. I was like, why is this happening? This movie sucks. And I didn't like it at all. Like the movie uh-huh. ended. I was like, fuck this movie. Yeah. But then when it came out on home video and it came out, you know, through the rotation on like HBO or whatnot. I watched it again and watched it again. And I'm like, God damn, this movie is so funny. It's so amazing. It, and it, like every time it gets better, basically. Mm-hmm. Do you know what movie I'm talking about? No, <laughs> it could be anything. Step Brothers with Will Ferrell oh, and John C. Riley. That's a, yes, that makes sense. 
I fucking hated that movie. I just like this movie. It's just so stupid. It's idiotic and stupid. And I mean, of course, I mean, it still is, but it's so good though. And I have no idea why I did not like it when I first yeah. saw it, but I loved it. I, I love that movie. Anytime it's on, I love watching it. I love quoting it. Mm-hmm. It's so good. And uh, yeah, definitely Step Brothers. Like that's that first impression of that was just like, ew. <laughs> <laughs> no, never again. Yeah. And now I love that movie. Like mm-hmm. I, I love that movie. I don't know how it just grew on me. Yeah. So it just, it did. What about you? So I actually, I have, well, Anchorman is kind of similar to how you felt, but I didn't hate it as much as you probably did. But I, when you're saying that, it reminded me of Anchorman a little bit. Um, but uh, I think I, I didn't finish Anchorman. So like, so I feel like once I finished it and then I watched it again, it was, I really liked it. But yeah. I would say one that really, really did it for me. That was like the biggest shocker. When I watched Royal Tenenbaums for the first time, I was really young and I just rented it. Like I saw Ben Stiller was in it and I was like, sure. Like the cast looks solid. And the first time I watched it, I was like, what, what is this? I don't even get it. Like, this is boring. It's not funny. I, I didn't, I hated it. I was like, ew, this sucked. And then I don't even know like how many years later, I don't even think it was that many years later, maybe, maybe even just a year. I don't know if it was on TV or what, but I sat down and watched it and I was like, I cried. I cried. Yeah. It's an emotional movie. (laughs) It makes me cry. I was like this. It's now in my top 10, like of all time favorite films. I love that movie. I was just like, God, this film is so good. I just don't think I was grasping like the really the depth of the film so it was but yeah it's it's really good and then the one other one i just to say was same thing with napoleon dynamite the first time i watched napoleon dynamite i didn't hate it but i didn't get it like i was like i don't know why people think this is so funny and then i went again with uh i took my brother to watch it i was like yeah let's go watch this he had heard about it and i don't know what was happening i was dying laughing and now it's one of the most quotable films to me Right. No. So I saw they did secret screenings before they released Napoleon Dynamite. And I saw it three times. Wow. The secret screenings. And if you saw it three times at the secret screenings, the studio sent you shit like crazy stuff. And so I got that. I still have it today. Wow. Um, and it was wonderful. Um, I, I mean, I loved it first on in the first movie you mentioned Royal Tenenbaums I remember seeing that for the first time in the theater too and just loving every bit of it I love that humor I still quote that movie you know specifically you know I'm not talking about dance lessons here I'm talking about throwing a brick through the other guy's windshield (laughs) talking about taking it out and chopping it up I love those lines I love that piece of dialogue it's so great um but yeah, uh, those two movies really stuck with me first. Like I didn't have that issue with them. Um, yeah. But I could see, I've heard a lot of people, those two movies have that same feeling. Like yeah. I didn't, I expected more from both or I just, it was just too interesting. But then after a repeated viewing or more, they fell in love with it. 
Right, right. Yeah. I mean, it, it just took one more viewing. And then I was like, I, so clearly it's just crazy how that happened. Specifically because Royal Tenenbaums I had rented. And so I kind of get that. Napoleon Dynamite, I went to the theaters and sat there and watched it. Did not get it. Like I was like, I mean, I was, I, I just was like, eh. And the second time I went to the theaters again, watched it. And I mean, I was crying laughing. <laughs> that was like so weird. I was like, I don't know how this just happened, but I, what's I was your, like, what's your favorite uh, quote from Napoleon Dynamite? Cause I have one. <laughs> I think, I don't know why, but the one that stood out whenever, like I was just dying laughing at theaters was I used to reenact the tater tot scene with my friend and we used to like literally like sat there and we would do it be like I pretend like I was eating and I'd be like she would be like Napoleon give me some of your tots and I'd be like no go get your own I'm freaking starving (laughs) and then she like would hit my pocket and I'd be like (laughs) that's so funny that's great. I mean, I still do that. Anytime I see tater tots or anything, yeah. I just say like Napoleon yeah. or tots. <laughs> Napoleon. Yeah, no, I absolutely still do that. I think my favorite one is um, his grandmother asks him, how was school, Napoleon? And he goes, worst day of my life. What do you think? <laughs> and it's just a great answer for everything. It's so funny. Yeah. <laughs> it just, it's just a matter of factual of how he answers it worst day of my life what do you think yeah (laughs) it's so funny um and then of course you know in addition to like tots napoleon i still you know you know say like you know tina come get some dinner oh i quote that all the time especially when i did have my cat i would be like i would just her name was summer but i'd be like tina you fat lard come get some dinner (laughs) (laughs) eat the food i would tell her eat the food food. food. (laughs) oh it's so good and then i think i actually posted a uh on our last celebrity um our podcast with Andre and Mike and Steven, I posted a, a little clip of Uncle Rico saying, I bet you I could throw a football over the mountains. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's just a great line too. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, Napoleon Dynamite. I'm glad you fell in love with it after watching it again. Um, I, did. I remember when I first saw it, cause I remember really excited to go see it. The hype was built up mm-hmm. and I was in college and I was working at a mom and pop video store and this was the video mm-hmm. store, not like Blockbuster. This was couch potato video. It had videos and then in the back section with a closed door, it had a porn section. <laughs> like it was that kind of video store. And one of my wow. good friends worked there with me and we were so excited about this. So he actually saw a secret screening before I did because I was working. He came directly back after that secret screening to the store while I was working. And I was like, well, did it live it up? And he just like slammed his hands down on the car. He's like, yes, yes, it was. He loved it. Mm-hmm. And so I went to see the next three and I was like, oh man, this is so good. I mean, I went to see it three times with the secret screens and loved wow. it. So good stuff. Good stuff. Yeah. First yeah. impressions. Yeah. Good stuff good thing so is there a first impression tv show that did the same thing for you yeah yes i do i have i have two because it's not like you watch the with that one it's more like you watch so well first one that stands out scrubs as far as that's a show that i caught bits and pieces of episodes and i was like 
oh, I'm not going to like this show. Like I didn't get it. I was like, I am not going to like this at all. And actually a big reason I even watched it was because when we did the podcast, we did like one of those brackets where it was like best comedy show. I think Simpsons uh-huh. ultimately won, but Scrubs was like high up there. Mm-hmm. And I was like, God, is this show that good? And it was on Netflix at the time. And so I finally like watched it, like sat down and watched it. And I love it. I think it's one of the best comedy series. Um, but at least from first impressions as far as bits and piece of episodes that's bits and piece episodes not watching sitting down and watching but i always think you you have to sit down and watch the first episode in full and really give it a shot at least a couple of episodes but um so that one that did that but i would say the next one the really big one that shocked me was the first season of parks and rec that I watched the first episode and I watched a, pl- a couple episodes after that and I could not get into it. I stopped. I was like, you kind of oh. have to start watching Parks and Rec from episode one, season two. Yes, 100% <laughs> you do because the first season is a little cringy. You're like, huh, I don't know about this. Like the first, it's just like, so not the best first impression. Some people say that about The Office too. Same with, but I, I love The Office first season right away. I did. No, right, right, right. I think that's true. I mean, I'm going to say even a show like Seinfeld, the first season, the first half season of the first season, it it's not there. But yeah. then it grows, which back then they gave ample time for a series to take off. Yeah. Now they don't. Like if it doesn't do well, on social media or whatever, they'll cancel it within a few episodes, which sucks because you could have the next Seinfeld, but they don't give it a chance. They, you're, that's so true. You get canceled so fast. Uh, I'm really glad Parks and Rec didn't get squat. Like, I don't know how they survived it because their first season was a major bust, but that season two was like, it's, wow. It yeah, no, good. it's so good. Especially like then, I mean, season two was good, but then like, especially season three, when they bring in Ben, and Rob Lowe's character, like though they really uh, added to the show. So uh, yeah, those were mine. What about yours? I think there's really only one, which mm-hmm. might surprise some people because I love this show so mm-hmm. much. One of my favorite shows, and I think there's really not a bad episode. Um, but the first time I remember when it aired, first time it aired and was real excited for it. And I just was like, okay, so the show is Futurama. And I'm a big Simpsons fan. And I was like, oh my God, creator of the Simpsons has a new show called Futurama coming up. Very excited in those first few episodes. I was like, I'm not feeling it. And then it just got progressively better. It got progressively better, funny. Every episode was like witty and super smart on an a high intellect level of like mm-hmm. having scientists and uh, just crazy people being involved in the show to help write it and consult on like all the futuristic stuff and mm-hmm. elements. And then it got emotional. Like what are the, I think the saddest moments in TV is in Futurama <laughs> and going back and watching those first episodes, like it's genius, literally genius. And yeah, that show, I did not have a fir- good first impression at all. Wow. And then it grew. And then it's 
definitely one of my favorite shows Futurama. Um, but yeah, I did, you know, especially an animated show, cartoon TV series mm-hmm. had that much emotion and that much intellect and comedy all wrapped into one is pretty excellent. Yeah. And Futurama is great. So yeah, but at first I did not like it. I, I think I was expecting Simpsons and I mean, it's even probably, I don't know if it's better than mm, the Simpsons. Watch your words on that one. No, yeah, it's it's kind of say because they're totally two different types of comedy and brands. Uh-huh. Um, it's interesting. And like the antithesis of this whole thing of something you didn't like and didn't really like, uh-huh. I would have to say Family Guy, I really liked and that I just don't like anymore. I mean, wow. I stopped watching like three or four seasons in and then it just got bad. I mean, technically... In later seasons, there's like some very funny clips, like maybe mm-hmm. 10 second clips of dialogue in Family Guy. But as a whole, I was huge into Family Guy. And then and then not anymore at all. I actually might agree with you on Family Guy because I really loved it in those first couple of seasons. And now I and I used to try to make an effort to watch it. And now it's just like if I catch it, like whatever, but it's not it. But you won't they don't laugh. have they don't have the heart that Simpsons has. Simpsons has like a better consistency and they just have more of a heart with its characters. I sometimes I feel like Family Guy is like too mean. Like right. not, it's just like it's like brutal. It's like, I don't know, man. Like Simpsons, there's redeeming qualities there. There is, there is. I, I agree with that. But yeah, yeah, mm. that first impressions. There you go. Yeah. Are we moving on to blind watch? Let's do it. Let's blind do watch. it. Oh this my god, <laughs> this is my blind watch. Uh, what was our, our was our last blind watch? The Year of Spectacular Men. Yep. Okay. That was a good one too. That was a great one. I yeah. actually talked to people about that movie. It was great. We we've had some good ones. I I, I like this one and the last one. Uh, excellent. I I did as well. So <laughs> Blind Watch to catch everybody up on what Blind Watch is every episode. Susan and I being professional film critics and writers and in the film business, it's very difficult for us to pick a movie that we have not seen before. So we go back and forth with each episode. One of us picks a movie what we haven't seen. We watch it together. And now we talk about our blind watch with it. There's been some good ones. There's been some bad ones. It was my turn to pick. So um, I picked a movie that I had heard about. The poster is fucking amazing for, and it's on Netflix. Um, The movie is called Killing Gunther. Killing Gunther. And I kind of went into it like not knowing really anything about it other than I see like, oh shit, Arnold Schwarzenegger's in it. And the poster looks like there's fire and explosions and a hundred guns and ticking time bombs and all sorts of stuff. And I'm like, okay, this might be fun. And it's a movie that came out in 2017. Okay, so Killing Gunther is a movie written, produced, directed, and starring Taron Killam. Um, if you're not familiar with him, he was on Saturday Night Live for many seasons. He's also married to Kobe Smolders. He's in the comedy realm. You you would recognize Taron Killam. And so in 2017, he made this movie called Killing Gunther about assassins 
Well, it's not an action movie. I mean, it's part action movie, but it's actually a mockumentary. So think Christopher Guest. Think um, like what we do in the shadows or waiting for Guffman, best in show, something like that. Or even The Office or Parks and Rec where people are talking to the camera. Uh, there's little interviews talking with people and stuff like that. And it's this documentary crew that follows around this a team of assassins trying to take out the best assassin in the world. And it's hilarious. So that's kind of like it. So it's basically like a comedy version. Like if the office documentary crew went to the John Wick universe and kind of did a comedy version of John Wick with a mockumentary style. So Susan being first impressions and all, First impression of killing Gunther before you went in and then your last impression coming out of it. Before going in, I, and you picked it and I saw the poster. I didn't really read much about it. Uh, I was like, sure, why not? I, I, I didn't think I was going to like it. You're I like every five minutes with Brian's picks. It's this type of movie. <laughs> yeah, I was already, I was like, honestly, my head was like, of course, he just can't just pick like some like, nor it's either it's either something stupid or something <laughs> really violent and like depressing i was like really like want me to <laughs> that's what i think it is either something really stupid or something and i'm just like oh this is so depressing <laughs> um so i was <clears throat> pleasantly surprised once it started i was like when i texted you oh this is a mockumentary I don't know why that like got me really happy. I mean, some mockumentaries suck, but for the most part, I'm, I'm a pretty big fan of those. And um, I really love Best in Show and obviously The Office and Parks and Rec. But uh, yeah, so enjoyed it practically the whole way through and really loved it. Yeah, I thought, I thought it was, I mean, it's, I have to reiterate, it is great for a Netflix watch. I understand it has horrible reviews and I understand if someone like paid to watch it. I don't know about like. The well, movie. I mean, I think most reviews, I mean, what I'm guessing is the poster shows Arnold Schwarzenegger front and center action, explosions, guns. And while there is that, mm -hmm. the budget on this movie is extremely low. And so the visual effects explosions are very lifetime channel esque. Like they're not yeah. great. No, no. <laughs> cheap. But, it's cheap. Yeah. Right. But they do some pretty cool things like editing wise with it to not show all these big explosions. And then, you know, at least I will say with this, having Arnold Schwarzenegger front and center on the poster, front build, you know, I mean, he doesn't show up until like the last 10, 15 minutes of the movie. Some movies that try to do this type of element to it by promoting somebody front and center get less time than that. Mm -hmm. But I will say this, Arnold Schwarzenegger showing up in the last 10, 15 minutes is like solid gold. Like yeah. this is the most fun I've ever seen Arnold have on camera when he's not with Danny DeVito on screen. He mm -hmm. is having a ball. And I'm like, how does... How do fucking directors not utilize his comedic chops? Because he's so damn funny. And they always try to play him serious. And he's having a ball and it's great. Um, that being said, 
if you're expecting Arnold Schwarzenegger for the 90 minute runtime, you're not going to get that, but it's worth it though. Like I'm glad they put him front and center, even though there are some great actors and actresses in this, but again, this is, you know, five years ago. And I mean, we're talking about people like Bobby Monihan, Hannah Simone, Colby Smolders. Um, these are Allison Tolman. Uh, these are people that you would see in TV shows now, movies now, mm-hmm. and whatnot. But yeah, this movie is funny. It's it, it was a delight to watch. And just, I mean, I was texting like, because how Susan and I watch these is we started at the same time and we just text each other as we're watching it. And, and you know, and it's like like a full commentary text of what's yeah. happening. And there's just like so many LOLs and ha ha. <laughs> oh my God, that was excellent. Yeah. And there was just a lot of really cool things in the assassin world that they brought to life or like explored like maybe not every assassin just knows how to use a gun maybe somebody use a vial of acid yeah (laughs) and runs around just with a like a little jar of acid trying to throw on people which was hilarious it was it was and then when they they showed that in the first like few minutes of the movie of this guy this assassin just having a vial of acid and trying to throw it somebody like three football yards away and that's all you see and then when you see it later on at the end of the film and you realize it's Arnold Schwarzenegger they're trying to kill he looks at the camera and says did he just try to throw a jar at me like we're three football it was so great Uh oh it was so funny like they're and Taron taking on the four positions in this film writing directing producing and starring I mean that's a lot to do. I mean, that literally almost killed Sylvester Stallone when he did um, when he did the Expendables because he did all of that. And I mean, and he was like seventy five at the time. Wow. So, uh, Taron doing this. I mean, obviously this was his baby. He loved it. He got his friends to be in it. He got his wife to be in it. He got Arnold to be in it. That's and huge. it was really cool i mean he had a great time he had a clear view of what was happening and i mean i guess he was kind of more of like the straight laced player in the film like he didn't have like a specific quirk per se Mm -hmm. as the others did but i don't know were there any scene highlights that you were like oh shit that was original oh shit that was really good I thought anything was necessarily like super original um as far i mean it was it was funny i mean, i guess you're it, it was the concept was a little original as far as like these guys trying to they're all assassins and they're teaming up to kill like a, a, an assassin they're jealous of so um but i did find the the guy who killed with the poison the funniest like he stood out to me the most especially how he like the side of blood would make him puke like he'd be like he just there's like one point he's just like is, is he okay oh or or the who was the one that said after they like kill the snake like with so many like kill it up and they're like is it dead yeah, that was, <laughs> that yeah was so, so so the the guy the, the assassin who has the vial um i think violently pukes when he sees blood yeah 
And so, and he had usually has a snake with him. Like he loves snakes. And then well, a sna- snake, Gunther killed his snake. Yeah, Gunther, Gunther killed his snake. And so at one point in the show, this guy, this assassin opens up a trunk and there's snakes in there. The snake bites him and the snake gets out and all the assassins shoot the snake where there's like nothing left. It's like <laughs> bloody and guts everywhere. And there's a great line. Is it dead? Yeah. <laughs> and I I was, I think I texted, I'm yeah. rolling. That was a yeah. perfect, a perfect line. Yeah. It was because <laughs> of the way he said it. He was, he said it very like genuinely like is is it dead like <laughs> <laughs> that was good and i loved the uh that the nerdy hacker and mm. um who kind of became a professional killer which you never really see but it's great how in one scene this nerdy hacker uh lives in you know like a studio apartment you know and it's just got it's stereotypical maybe like 19 year old 20 year old you know posters on the wall and stuff like that and then Taryn's character who's like this John Wick-esque like wears a suit he's obviously wealthy gets kicked out of his marriage and his home and he has to go stay with this kid and it's just like his face is like good God, how did it get this far? Yeah, <laughs> He's yeah. just not happy about his slot in life. Yeah. Um, and it's good. It's a, there's elements like that in it and they're all funny. And that's what I like about, like I compare this kind of like to a great movie, um, which I'll mention in the honorable mentions that everybody should see, mm-hmm. but it's a lot like this. I think this movie I'll mention later is better so stay tuned for that. Um, but this film, Killing Gunther, was just a surprise, man. It was a mm-hmm. huge, huge surprise of just how good it was. And yeah. it was just just cool how they got to do it and how everybody came together to film it. And just they were all in the same wavelength and has yeah. Taryn done anything since then like the like directing wise because I mean it's good uh I don't know um that's a good question I, I I was impressed too I wasn't he he knows comedy he knows comedy he's a he's a funny guy like everybody was funny in this film they had their you know they were good with their timing and all that like uh I'm trying to look up to see if he's done any other kind of directing or anything like that. Um, but I don't, I don't see it, but yeah, I, I, I wouldn't mind. I wouldn't mind him doing more. Um, also not a bad touch. I guess the, the girl, I guess the girl in the film, her dad was Persian. So I thought that was kind of cool too. He, oh yeah. Yeah. And the girl who falls in love with the other SNL alum, yeah uh they they do the deed they have sex and the dad finds out who's always with her and just constantly tries to kill him for doing it but then (laughs) you'll see what happens at the end you should you should watch this it's netflix yeah well yeah obviously watch it yeah it was just one of those things that was like i didn't know that they he speaks in farsi like all of a sudden i was like that i texted i was like that was persian he was speaking and it is like oh okay all right so that that was kind of cool but 
yeah, I mean, you you brought up a good point. I I mean, I think we we recommend this movie, right? I don't have any bad scenes. I I just say watch it. I think it's it's short. It's like an hour and a half. It's light. It's fun. And it's on Netflix. Like, yeah, uh, highly yeah. recommend it. It's it's like um, what was Michael Scott's movie? Uh, oh, that, threat level midnight. Yeah, yeah, it's like threat level midnight, but yeah, you know, more money and funny and with action in it and Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's pretty it's pretty good. It's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Uh so yeah, blind watch next uh episode will be Susan's pick. So I'm very excited. Hopefully she picks something like pathology. Oh god. <laughs> I'm not that the only one that pick. picks depressing and weird movies. <laughs> Uh, we'll see. Yeah, yeah. Well, Killing Gunther was was really nice. <laughs> yes, good. Killing Gunther was a, a breath of fresh air because we went. It was the I, last three movies we had were really good. I think we needed a pressy one because we had Fifty Shades of Black, we had The Year of Spectacular Men, and we had Killing Gunther. Do we need a depressing one though? We might need. We might need one of those other Kings of the Island or something like oh, that. God, I hated that. Yeah. <laughs> well, or, or another uh, dare of Yasanovic. Hell no. Hell <laughs> no. Hell no. All right. Moving on to our last segment of No BS podcast. Brian and Susan are honorable mentions. This is where we recommend movies that we want you to see that we've seen uh, that you should give a chance. So, a little bit ago, I mentioned there's a movie I want to recommend that's not necessarily new, but it falls in line with um, Killing Gunther. And most people have never heard of this movie. Most people have never heard of this, but you should all watch it. Susan, if you haven't seen it, please seek this out. It's amazing. You should buy it. You should watch it. My God. You should do it. But this movie is called The Specials. Have you heard of it? No. Okay. This movie came out. um, Hold on. I'm trying to look it up real quick to see just exactly all the people that are in it. um, Because there's so many. But this movie came out in the year 2000. And it is a mockumentary. A fantastic mockumentary by Craig Mazin directed it. Uh, Craig Mazin, uh, if you know, directed uh, Rocket Man, or not directed, not Rocket Man, I'm sorry. He directed uh, and was part of writer of the Hangover movies, scary movies, and stuff like that. Um, but he directed this movie called The Specials in 2000. It was written by James Gunn, who who wrote and directed, you know, Gardens of the Galaxy and stuff like that. And he also stars in it, but also mm-hmm. Thomas Hayden Church, Rob Lowe, Jamie Kennedy, Judy Greer, Paget Brewster, Sean Gunn, Jordan Ladd, and of course, Melissa Joan Hart are all in this movie. And the specials is a mockumentary in the same vein as The Office and Parks and Rec about the fifth or sixth best superhero team on the planet. And it is so funny. It's rated R. There is no action or no superhero-ness in it at all. It is all about this superhero team arguing with each other and getting ready for their big toy line debut of action figures. And it is just hilariously dry and great and funny, almost like a Wes Anderson movie, 
but with like James Gunn's type of humor. So if you like Guardians of the Galaxy type humor, that's in here. And he's one of the superheroes who's called Minute Man, whose only superpower is to like shrink really small like Ant-Man. And everybody calls him Minute Man. <laughs> and he has to constantly tell them, no, it's Minute Man. <laughs> but this movie is so great. It's so under the radar and was way ahead of its time. It is hilarious in a killer cast, like I said. So the specials, please seek it out. It was kind of just released on Blu-ray a couple weeks ago uh, for the first time. But if you can find it digitally, do it that way. But mm -hmm. highly recommend the specials. It, I mean, I feel like this would be right up your alley, Susan. It does sound like it. I'll, I, I made a note of it. I, and it looks like it's available on Amazon. So I may try to watch it. I've got, I feel like I have so much to watch, but I will try to uh, make a point to watch that one because it, it, I'm, I'm also a huge fan of Melissa Joan Hart. I don't know if she's got a big role, but I do love her. So she, so she doesn't have a big, big role, but she's absolutely yeah. in it. And when you see her, you're just be like, oh, this is amazing. <laughs> that might be enough for me to watch it then. <laughs> So, and you'll recognize almost everybody in it. So it's, it's so good. Cool. Cool. All right. Good, good, good. All right. So other uh, honorable mentions, we've got to talk about in the Heights. Did you watch it? You I did watch, watch it. it. I did watch it. All right. I did watch um, in the Heights is the new film from uh, Lin-Manuel Miranda, who wrote it and wrote the songs, and it was directed by John Chu, who did Crazy Rich Asians. Um, and it's, I believe Lin-Manuel Miranda did this before Hamilton. It was, it was his first yeah. Broadway show. It was yeah. for his first Broadway show. So they brought it, and then uh, one of the main stars of Hamilton is in this, and mm -hmm. this two and a half hour musical film just hits all, pun intended yeah. it's all the right notes even though two and a half hours is a little long mm -hmm. it the music's great the message is great it can be emotional it can be funny the music is great uh it blends in you know the hip-hop with the soul and the, the old-fashioned musicals the dance numbers i really enjoyed it it was a it was great to watch John Chu incorporate some winks to like Fred Astaire movies and some stuff from the fifties and sixties in there with his camera techniques. I enjoyed it. I am so happy to hear you liked it. I was a little worried that I, I wasn't sure, but you seem to like, like good musicals. If they're, if they're good, you seem to be solid with them. Like you're fine. I feel like musicals is my jam. Like, oh. I mean, I mean, I don't oh, like God. High School Musical. I was but... gonna say, do you, see, I like. Well, I like the first High School Musical, yeah. but yeah. <laughs> well, I don't know. I'm not sure, but yeah. I mean, I'm so happy you liked it because I loved it. I mean, I want. Now you see what I mean. When I that was my first screening back, and I was blown away by this thing. Like it was, it the musical numbers alone are just so captivating, and they just practically engulf you. And the music is so good. And I mean, yeah, it's just, I felt like for two and a half hours, I was, I was like moving, moving. Like I, I just, it, I was moving with the film. Um, yeah. I, for anyone who has HBO max, I mean, I personally still think it's, if you have the time and 
feel safe, go go to the theaters because I think it deserves to be seen uh, on the big screen in theaters. But that being said, you can still enjoy it on HBO Max. Have a, I watched it on HBO Max. I didn't see it in the theater. Have a good sound system. Like yeah. get that bass pumping, turn the speakers up, turn the lights down low mm-hmm. and you will get just, you'll get a theater experience if you have the the music up. I mean, it'd be great to see it in IMAX with all the colors and stuff, but the sound is where it's at, I think, with this one. I think that's what it was because I watched it in IMAX in, yeah, it was was in the IMAX theater and I felt the vibrations. So that was like even even better. But uh, yeah, if you're doing that, if you got a nice big screen TV, turn off the lights and really turn that sound up. But yeah. That's I'm so glad you liked it. No, I did like it. I did like it. Um, so that in the Heights, HBO Max. Mm-hmm. Um, also, Twelve Mighty Orphans. Did you watch um, it, Brian? I have not seen this yet, but I know it's Texas based. I know it's Luke Wilson. I I know about it. I just haven't watched it. Um, I missed the window to watch it, and I I want to see it. I hear decent things about it. Yeah, yeah, it's it's worth if you, especially for Texans, I think it's worth the watch. It's an it's a very inspiring and sweet true story that you're like, wow, I didn't even know this. I, I didn't know about it. Um, there's some really, I mean, there's some really talented new actors. Um, you know, it's 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 hard for a story like that, like to to stand out because we, you know, there are so many. Uh, movies where it's a group of kids who maybe don't get along or don't fit into this world. There's some kind of uh, barrier they have with society. And then they, they go do a football, they do a sport and that's where everyone starts rooting for them. I feel like we've seen that story, but this one is really cool. I think special for Texans because it was shot entirely in North Texas. There's a lot of Texas ties to it. It's a story about a Texas team. So just that alone makes it worth the watch. And it's, it's, it's sweet. And you got to talk with some of the people from the film Yeah. and a quick recap. Was that worth it? Was it good? Where is everybody nice? Oh my God. It was, it was a wonderful red carpet. I will be posting that today. Um, spoke with Luke Wilson, Wayne Knight, Vanessa Shaw, the co-writer Lane Garrison, um, saw Robert Duvall did not get to he didn't take interviews but he's like 105 (laughs) well he's 90 he's 90 but uh yeah he was a guy wouldn't there's no way he was going to do interviews which is totally fine I understand Uh, it was nice that he was there um but no everybody was great everybody was a really it was a really nice uh red carpet and um yeah uh i just that 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 added to it so because of that i will say that made me like the movie more because i enjoyed speaking to everybody right and we will on our twitter account no bs podcast we'll be posting those interviews as well linking to the interviews um so there you go um also we got to talk about a quiet place too which came out if you haven't seen it that's only in theaters at this moment I enjoyed the first A Quiet Place. I really enjoyed A Quiet Place too. Takes place like literally seconds after the first one ends with an additional first scene of day one when the aliens first come to attack. Perfect scene. John Krasinski back in the director's chair did a great job with that. He's 
elevating himself slowly as a great director. Mm-hmm. Um, I like where they went with the kids this time. I like that they still not given almost anything away. It was about the kids stepping up. Uh, I, enjoy, I enjoyed it. Hopefully yeah. there's a third one. I think there's going to be a third one. It really, I, I, I hope there's a third and I hope they, they close that chapter afterwards. It, it's, it's done after that. But uh, yeah, I agree with everything you said. I thought it was a fantastic sequel, especially that opening scene um, day one. Uh, perfect is the right word. Um, it is perfection. And I, I really want to just watch that scene over and over again because it was so damn good. Uh, but it is, it's a, it's a great, uh, continuation to the story and can't wait for more. Right. Me neither. Um, another one we want to mention, uh, since we've been gone for like five or six weeks, uh, Cruella, the new Disney movie on Disney plus and in theaters, Cruella, this, the, the prequel to 101 Dalmatians. I went into this. I have hated every single live action Disney movie remake. Just crazy. Just, which is the right thing. They're all bad. Um, Disagree. <laughs> but Cruella came along and I, it, it, first impressions. Hey now, well, first impressions. First impressions. Um, I went into this movie like, okay, this is going to be pun intended dog shit (laughs) and holy god i loved it so much it's punk rock it's badass it's amazing it's musical i loved every single bit of it you can tell the director was inspired by the dark knight by the joker by um even scarface it's all there and they made it they, they made it well for all ages it looks amazing the soundtrack's killer Highly recommended. Highest recommendation. Oh, Brian loved it. He he texted us how much he thought that was amazing. Uh, I agree. It was a really <laughs> Do you like getting those texts or no? Yeah, I stop no, I love them? it because especially I didn't think you would. You know, at this point, you most of the time you expect Brian to text you that something sucked and it was terrible. That's probably the usual text, especially with a live action Disney film. Um, I did not, I, I saw this and I was worried because I thought, do we need this movie? Is this really a necessity? I was even worried. I even, and I say it is to me, Joker meets Devil Wears Prada. Uh, but that's not a bad thing because this movie's fantastic. It is such a good story. Like kudos to the writer for coming up with this plot and the twists and, I mean, obviously Emma Stone and Emma Thompson, they just nail it on dynamite. They, dynamite. they are, yeah, it, I, I call this an explosive thrill ride. Like it is so much fun. It is good. And mm-hmm. it, like there, there, there is a big element of Scarface in it as far as the, the Al Pacino version. It's somebody who came from nothing, literally nothing, mm-hmm. and then rose up to the top of the power and riches, but also became a villain. Um, but in this, in this tale of Cruella, there's more to her than we saw in the 101 Dalmatians cartoon from the fifties. Oh yeah. There's there, she's not just a villain. She's, you know, in a way that maybe Joaquin Phoenix's Joker wasn't just a villain. Like I think he is, but Cruella, there's more to her. There's layers and you feel Mm -hmm. for her. So 
Cruella, go see it. Um, is it worth the 30 extra dollars on Disney Plus? I would say nothing is. Um, but go see it in the theater. If not, just wait for it to become free on Disney Plus. Um, yeah. I, I mean, go see it in theaters anyways. Like, yeah, right. it's, it's going to be cheaper. It's going to be cheaper than the 30 bucks. But like, I mean, unless you have a whole family, that's that's the one difference. If you have a whole family, it's could be. Yeah. If you've got four to eight people in the immediate family living with you, 30 bucks is way cheaper than the theater. But yeah. still, <laughs> you could wait too and get it for free. So there you go. Yeah. Um, now for a movie that hasn't come out yet that um, that will be released. Is it this week or next week? It's this No, it's this Friday. Really. Okay, this Friday. It's the new Pixar movie. The new Pixar Disney film called Luca. Um, I went into this movie. I think, I mean, I always look forward to Pixar films. Um, this one just, I didn't really know anything about it. I just remember, oh yeah, Luca, it looks like water. I don't know. <laughs> and so first impressions again with this movie, the first five to eight minutes of the movie takes place underwater. And my mm -hmm. first thought was like, oh, this is bad. Like the dialogue's not there. The visuals, the CGI is awful god awful like what is pixar doing this is going to be the next good dinosaur oh god just no and then once so the, the 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 movie is about these sea creatures that live under the under the ocean fish like sea creatures and when immediately they get on land they change to humans and then if they get back in the water they're a sea creature so once they get on land, once this little kid, Luca, gets on land, it was hard to tell where reality stopped and CGI started. Like <sighs> the, the picturesque, like the realism of the backgrounds and the sets and the water like looked incredible. And it's, I think, one of maybe one of Pixar's better looking uh, films set in Italy. Like it really looked good once they got on land. And once they got on land, the story really took off. And this story is beautiful. It's sincere. It's emotional and funny. Mm -hmm. uh, I really enjoyed it. Like at first I was like, oh God, this is not going to be good. And then I I loved it. I got choked up. Tears came down. Oh. I, tears came down? Wow. No, yeah. I, was, I mean, it was all sure about friendship and like, you know, having to leave the friendship for something but still staying in touch like i really like that aspect and that that stuck with me it stuck with me interesting okay yeah so i it took me a minute there it probably took me about 30 minutes almost to to get into it because all of it underwater the i'm with you i was like i don't know about this i was like what and i, I might have gone in with high expectations because i was like you you know you raved about it and other people raved about it so i was like gosh i don't know i'm not feeling it yet finally when he gets on land and him and his friend like i think my turning point is when they meet the the villain you know fine like like then we get going and what's what's happening here like it finds its footing. Then I really enjoyed it. I can't say like, maybe I'm riding off of, you know, I loved Raya and the last dragon. And I really liked obviously Cruella, which I know is not like an animated Disney film, but I was, I thought it's a slow start, but it still has a really great story, great message. And, um, 
solid, solid, still recommend people watch it. Uh, is it, I don't know if it's like anything that's going to be like, it doesn't stand above for me though. It's not like, wow, for me. I think you might need to watch it again. Like, I mean, it's, I mean, when you're, when you're talking about Pixar, like there's like immediately like 10 films that like stick out. And I don't know if this will become part of the top 10, Yeah. but watching it first time, I really liked it. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's going to be hard, you know, to compare to like Toy Story two and three, it's going to be hard to compare to Up and Wally and Coco and stuff like that. Even yeah. Soul. I mean, it's, well, I loved all... Onward. I loved Onward too. Right, Onward. Okay, I forgot about Onward. Um, so there's those elements, but I think people will really like this movie, and I like that they added in the Italian uh, mm-hmm. language into it. The voice casting was great. Jacob Tremblay was, of course, good, and yeah, stuff like that. But it's a, it's a good movie. I, I really liked it. Um, yeah, I did like that. And then the last. Uh, portion of this honorable mention we got to mention the new disney plus series which is going to be the first disney plus series of the marvel franchise to get a season two it of course is loki starring tom hiddleston as his loki character from the mcu there's been two episodes so far and jesus christ it's good (laughs) it's so good it's better than um scarlet witch it's better than (laughs) yeah well that's what i meant wandavision it's better than what's the other one uh winter soldier winter soldier this show is excellent i love it um so you think it's better than both of those yes even with the first two episodes yes wow all right well is that does that happen after you watch the second episode because i've only watched the first no i mean i I like fell in love with it in the first the episode first. because with Falcon and Winter Soldier, you have two people who are playing it mostly straight and, and narrow. Like they're kind of, they're, there's a big political thing behind it. And then with WandaVision, you had the first few episodes doing something really different and cool with, you know, paying homage to the decades of television mm-hmm. and then becoming its own thing. But this one, Loki is such a great character because he's he's like Willy Wonka in a way that you never know what you're kind of going to get. You're always going to be surprised if he's going to be like super friendly and amazing and the hero or if he's going to be like the super bad villain. You yeah. don't know. And he's funny as shit. And then you have Owen Wilson coming in with it. Yeah. And then this whole entire crazy world of like, holy shit, this is after Endgame. Where are we? What are we? What is happening? Timelines. It's crazy. It's good. I like it. Mm-hmm. Ambitious, and I like it. I really liked the first episode. Uh, I was so bummed that I watched it too late. Like, I could have watched the second episode already, but they got rid of it by the time I started watching it. Um, really intrigued. Love Tom Hiddleston as Loki. Um, so... I- I can't say that it's better than the other two right now because it's too early for me. I really enjoyed it. WandaVision, that was something really special because it was so unique. So I don't know. That one's going to be a tough one 
but I also really liked Winter Soldier and Falcon and Winter Soldier was like a straight up like extended Marvel film. Right, right, right. So I would say WandaVision and Loki feel more unique right now. So I, I need to see where Loki goes. I think WandaVision has, it's it's special. So yeah, but I mean, a fantastic show. Really excited to see where it goes. And um, yeah, I can't wait to watch the second episode. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be hearing from you about that. But yeah, it's yeah. good stuff. Yeah. Um, and that wraps up episode 27 of No BS Podcast with Brian and... Susan. Yes, we're back. We have our own channel. Just type in No BS Podcast into that Google search. Type it into Apple Music. Type it into Spotify. Type it into Amazon. You will find us. All of our episodes are there. Um, we're on Twitter at No BS Podcast. And you can find Susan at... I mean, you've got me at City of Irving's YouTube channel, thischicksflicks.com, ictn.tv, Instagram, Twitter, Google me. Google her, and you can Google me as well. You can find me, Brian Kluger, really anywhere, Twitter, Instagram, boomstickcomics.com, highdefdigest.com, screenrant.com, YouTube, just, just Brian Kluger it. That's all you got to do. And no BS podcast, please like and subscribe to us. We need the reviews. We need the the likes. We need it all. Come follow us. We're going to be doing some fun stuff on that channel and on the Twitter account. Uh, yeah, no BS. We love you. Love you guys. Give us your first impression. <laughs>